but it's when if you're you're asked the question what are your weaknesses and you think and, and you yeah. struggle and that's probably the biggest yeah. weakness of all you struggle to identify them so when you ask about <laughs> reflections and what you, what you could have done better yeah you, th- you have to think if someone says what do you think you've done well it's a catalogue you know oh, I've done this and but yeah. when you think I, sometimes I think for me personally you want to move things forward probably faster than they need to yeah and you don't spend enough time nurturing it and uh, allowing it to mature and then move it on you're always you're always pushing for the next goal you're always pushing for the next big thing yeah um, one thing this industry does it, it unfortunately it motivates people like me to do that because you know the, the next big thing is just around the corner and you want to be part of it are you ready to elevate your leadership skills in the electronics manufacturing industry Join Sana Vinding on a transformative journey as she unlocks the key to exceptional leadership in this dynamic field. Discover invaluable strategies, emerging trends, and best practices through expert perspectives and insightful interviews. This podcast is your ultimate resource for gaining a competitive edge, staying ahead of the curve, and shaping the future. Tune in now and unlock the secrets to leadership success in the world of electronics manufacturing. Welcome to Mind Innovation Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sana Linding. I want to introduce today's guest, Nigel Watt. He's a highly experienced and accomplished senior executive in the electronics and semiconductor industry. Nigel has held various roles in engineering, sales, marketing, and corporate management. He has successfully owned his own business for more than 25 years and is currently serving as the president of WPG EMEA. Welcome, Nigel. I'm so pleased to have you here as a guest today. I'm, I've been looking forward to our conversation. Sana, me too, and uh, it's a nice way to uh, end a Monday, actually. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to be here and um, looking forward to the uh, conversation. Awesome. So let's let's start. I want to know, you know, more about about you and and also the who's who's listening in. You know, let tell me more about your passion around the the electronics industry. Well, that's that's quite an easy thing to talk about because I've been in industry now approaching forty five years. Um, I joined it when I was 17 um, and in a, it's kind of probably sounds a little bit childish, but I've never lost that passion and enthusiasm from the day I joined it. Um, obviously, my career has moved on in various different ways and I've had many, many different roles, but all the time and all the way through it, I've had that hunger and that thirst to try different things, look at things a different way, uh, ch- challenge challenge uniformity and challenge the, the norm um yeah and that's what always brought me my uh, my passion for it because i always look at things and think well there's another way of doing that uh and never been scared about stepping over the line and trying it so i think that's largely what brings that the passion along yeah but the other side of it is the industry itself because if you look at the last 45 years what's changed the world more than the electronics industry and if you look at the next 25 years, what's going to change the world more than the electronics industry? Yeah. And it's it's a privilege to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's an interest, interesting one. And, and there's so much happening. I always say it's a huge industry. And then sometimes it's all just a small world because we all know each other. Um, yeah. 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 
sometimes that's good and sometimes not so depends who they are but yeah, yeah. it correct um, let, let's talk about a little bit about disruption because you're saying that can shake your you know can shake your business or it can shake you as a person as well a little bit right um how how have you addressed it because we had like with the whole pandemic right um big disruption to the industry so what's what's been good for you what's been maybe not as good well picking on the pandemic in, in particular as you just have if you look at the world immediately before the pandemic and then look at it now, the fundamentals that have changed is the way people have behaved, yeah. the way people have interacted, uh, the adoption of digital technology as a way of mass communication. I mean, what we're doing right now is now the norm. Uh, yeah. Video podcast, whether it be yeah. uh, whether it be Zoom, whether it be Teams or another method. I probably used to have a Zoom call once a week. Maybe maybe twice. Yeah. Um, then suddenly in the pandemic, it's eight hours a day, five days a week. <laughs> now it's receding a little bit, but there's still a much larger percentage of my day is on video than it was prior. And I'm sure many, many people, have, their worlds have adapted to a more digital type of experience. Yeah. Now, fundamentally speaking, being a sales guy, it's got it's got advantages, but it's also got disadvantages. The relationships I had prior to the pandemic have been maintained um, through di the digital media, but yeah. it's much harder to develop the initial relationships through digital media than it ever was before. Um, so, you know, you've got to find other ways of getting to the customer, in my case, or the supplier, in my case, and starting that, that process of building that relationship. And I don't think there's any substitute for a one-on-one -on -one. now one-on-one -on, -one on a two-dimensional screen okay i'll accept it yeah i'd much rather be sat sitting in front of someone in their office or in a, in a venue having a having a tactile conversation yeah because that's that's the world i come from now a guy that's sitting in front of you perhaps in two weeks time who's 25 years old post-grad and uh, and has experienced digital technology since they were 10 would probably argue with that because that's what they're used to. Yeah. But my my whole world has been personal interaction from the age of 17. Yeah. So how do you encourage your own team um, to, to embrace this way? <laughs> um, and I'm serious. We How many emails do we get a day? 100, 200? Yeah. Whenever possible, when I read an email, I find the excuse to pick up the phone immediately. And invariably, when I pick up the phone and talk to the person at the other end, the first thing they say is, I've just sent you an email. Yeah. My response to that is, I know, that's why I've called you. Yeah. Because otherwise, what you end up with is an email trail of almost binary, two to the power of two, four, eight, 16, 32 emails to answer yeah. a question because the, the answer to the question begets the next question. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Whereas the phone call not only answers all the questions, but then you have a, a side conversation. You, yeah. You're talking to someone about oh, so where do you live? What do you do? How do you do yeah. it? It's all that sales process that you can't achieve either on a text or on an email. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's that extra dimensional level, right? That you actually, oh, sure. yeah, you're building on that relationship that you know each other. I also think that it it it's it, emails are efficient if you know each other because then you can yeah. get faster, right? Um, because it's not you can't be on on a phone call with. No, and they're also right? and they're also perfect as an audit trail. Yeah. So yeah. 
I have a conversation with you now, and um, what I then do, I then summarise that call in an email saying, hi, Santa, great to talk to you. We agreed, da, 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 right? And then yeah. we've got a basis on which we progress. Yeah. That's a really good use of email, in my opinion, but it shouldn't replace this conversation to begin with, and it certainly shouldn't be the basis of a sales relationship. No, but but again, you still need to reach out to 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 new sales prospect, right? So, what what kind of new habits or new changes have you have you put into your organization? Well, you know, I'm always I'm always asking my people, whenever possible, find the shortest route to personal contact that you can achieve. It has become more difficult. If you look at Europe in particular, we've got things like GDPR rules, which yeah. restricts how you can contact people and for what information you can use. So, you know, it. And, and by the way, I'm not opposed to that because unfortunately there are significant or there are elements of the, of the world that would like to use information in a in, a, in, in an incorrect fashion. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for protecting people's civil liberties and rights and privacy. But at the same time, we've got a job to do. Um, and we'll and we'll find a way of doing that job. So I use social media an extensive amount, um, both personally and through WPG and in our own pages. And I'm positively surprised and positively delighted at the level of response we receive. Yeah. And I think that's something to do with how we go out to the world on social media. Um, I don't like gimmicks. We like presenting facts and we like, you know, it's... I think the secrets, without giving away too many, don't try it. Don't try and publish the old or new testament on LinkedIn. It won't work. It's got to be short. It's got to be sharp. It's got to be snappy, and it's got to invite a response. Yeah, and um, we do. We get a response. You know, some. Sorry, that's my Zoom going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, my um, my ring going on in the background. Um, but yeah, so I think you've got to get used to the technology that's, that's at your disposal, and. Don't try and implement it in a way that you did 25 years ago. Yeah, you're dealing with modern technology, and you've got to use it in a modern way. Yeah, no, that's agree, agree, agree. Um, what about learning? Because again, pushing yourself right with a disruption, you need to do things in a different way. You need to learn it, or you need to test it. So, so how do you learn? Um, well, I'm always on the acquisition of knowledge. That's for sure, because I'm a big believer in that. There's no standing still. If you stand yeah. still, you get dragged backwards. Um, I also don't want to be a dinosaur. I don't want to be that guy that people look at and thought, yeah, he, he used to be something, but it's he, past his sell-by date today. So <laughs> the acquisition of knowledge for me is is really important. The relevance of who I am and the organization I represent is hugely important to me. So I, I want to, and again, my, a lot of my learning process is by talking to people. Yeah. Uh, how do you do it? How do they do it? Uh, what's yeah. important to you? You know, I might come up with a fantastic idea for me, but does it is it relevant to anyone else? There's yeah. only one way I'm going to find out, and that's to ask somebody else. Um, yeah. That whole learning process for me, whether it be through media or through talking to different people, is a significant part of my of my uh, of my evolution process. I read, yeah. I read some fairly um, interesting. Um, uh, media you know um people i like people that are disrupted by nature um i mean i, I remember reading the steve the steve jobs uh, biography uh, by isaac and it I, I was on two long haul flights it's an 800 page book and i finished it by the end of two long haul flights it wow. just captivated me 
Yeah. It captivated me. I mean, you know, say whatever Steve Jobs was, he was disruptive. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, and when you see why he was disruptive, his background or whatever, it all makes sense. And there's lots of people like that in the world. I mean, Elon Musk, very disruptive. Yeah. But the world changes because of disruptive people. Whether you like them as characters or not, it's kind of irrelevant. It's their disruptive influence that changes things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and nobody likes change, right? Um, but but it will happen. Yeah, yeah, people are resistant to it. Yeah, they're people um, resistant to change, but that doesn't make change wrong. No. It doesn't make them wrong either. No. Change will happen. I mean, it's the one constant, okay? Yeah. The, the, whether, whether we like it or not, the world will be different in 10 years' time to what it is today. Those people that embrace it for the right reasons in the right way will probably be the, the greatest be uh, beneficiaries from it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the faster or the better you can actually yeah change together, right? With that, what what what's going on, uh, yep. you you will come out much stronger and much better in a much better position after. I I would hope so. Yeah. You know, not all change has to be radical. Change can be gradual. Um, it, you know, you've got evolution and revolution. Um, revolutions don't happen so often, and when they do happen, they're normally fairly messy affairs. Whereas evolution is a more considered gradual process. So both are applicable in different situations. Yeah. Let, let's go back to, to the younger generation. I, I want to, you know, get some advice from you. You know, what, what kind of impact do you see that the younger generation, are, are, you know, what, what's going on right now? And how do they how do they change the, the future for the for the electronics industry? Well, I mean, that's, that, that, that for me is a really good question because... You know, if I look at my element of the semi uh, in the semiconductor business, there's a dearth of young people. Yeah, there is a generation gap. I mean, I'm one yeah. of the oldest statesmen now in the industry, and 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 the good news about that is that I can probably be employed for as long as I want to be because I haven't got someone knocking on my door trying to push me out of the way. Yeah, but, but it's needed. We need succession. We need younger people to get yeah. excited about. The, the hardware industry, the semiconductor business, whereas yeah. most of the younger generation are, are, are kind of they, they prefer the coding, the coding side, the software side of the business. But when I when I engage with younger people, what I find is a very excited, um, very um, very very thoughtful group of yeah. individuals. Um, they're very considered in terms of what they're thinking about and and what's important to them. Um, I would say they're probably more they're probably more they're probably more measured than my generation um, yeah. for whatever reason that is. Um, and I think they've become um, I think they're, they're, they're almost more serious in some respects <laughs> about what they do and how they do it. Yeah. Um, and I think I think we're you know I think that next generation to come is going to be very exciting. What they've got at their disposal in terms of information and resources is beyond imagination. Yeah, and that in itself has positives and negative uh, implications. You know, the positive is if they've got that frame of mind to access all of that, understand it, and embrace it. Wow, where could that take them? The yeah. other side of that, it can be all-consuming and a little bit bewildering. And where do you go with that? They can get lost with it. So. Yeah. There's a lot of pressures, and there's a, but there are a lot there are lots of opportunities for them as well. Yeah, but, but I think about, it's incumbent upon us to, to to give them that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you need to, right? And then you just need to to learn, and it's a journey from there. What What about skill set? What What kind of necessary skill set do you need? 
if you hire somebody in or new talent coming in? Well, in my business, communication skills are, I mean, just a must. Yeah. You've, you know, you've, you, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to move up through the through the communication chain at ease, whether it be, a, I, I don't like using the expression, but it doesn't matter if you're C-level or, or wherever you are, you know, the person in front of you is the person you're engaging with and you've got to be comfortable in your own skin and engaging with those individuals, yeah. whether they be, you know, and it's, it's not, it's nothing to do with, you know, race, creed, culture, sex or anything else. It's just about the person you're, you're talking to at the time. So communication skills are fundamental. Um, yeah. I like humanity. I like people that have a human side to them that understand it's not just all about business. It's about people as well. And actually, if you can, we've all got business to achieve, but yeah. when you can get to a personal level and when you can build a relationship and understand someone as for who they are, rather than the title on their business card, I think that's hugely important. So I want, I want to see a human side to people, not just process. Um, and I want people with empathy. Yeah, because you know, I'm, without trying to sound too, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound too um, too churlish on this, but you know, it's not just about the money, and it's not just about the business transaction. Wouldn't it be yeah. great if we could all do this and be friends at the same time? <laughs> um, it's not always possible, but I'd like to see it that way. So I like yeah. empathy as well. Um, yeah. I also want people that just get on with what they do. You know, they understand what the role is, they execute. Um, they add value, and I want people to challenge me for a start. I mean, I, you know, I might run an organisation, but I don't get it right all the time, and I don't want to get it right all the time. I want to be told yeah. how I can be better at what I do, yeah. even working with them. So I like to create a team atmosphere, you know, an organisation that feel comfortable in being able to um, communicate at any level, any time, and feel that their point is valid. Yeah, right. That's important to me. Yeah. And then you know, the other side, I want people that are ambitious but not everyone needs to be totally ambitious because companies are full of people that have very different skill sets very different aspirations and there's room for all of them you can't all be no you can't be the same right you can't all yeah. be any type people if you no. were there'd be nobody yeah. nobody doing the there'd be nobody working there'd just be, <laughs> they'd just be fighting in the there'd be bedlam in the boardroom right <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah what about so when you hire a new talent um how do you then attract them or retain this younger talent group because i think I, that's i've seen that in the news right or you see it on linkedin it's just like there's like a challenge there um well if i'm if i'm i'll, I'll be brutally honest right now but I look at my current organization at wpg uh I, th th this has been two years now in the main, I've actually recruited seasoned, experienced people that I've known for some time because we're trying to build an immediate team with experience, with history yeah. that have an immediate impact. As we go forward, we need to infill and build from the bottom as well. Um, the retention of young talent is a real skill set because when you introduce people into a role and then you introduce them into an industry, um, if you do the job correctly, you get them excited. Yeah, and anyone that gets excited, they they quite by nature start. They look outside the box. They start seeing what's available, and yeah. who can blame anybody after two or three years about taking a tangential route? Now, yeah. you know, you can offer them incentives to stay, a promotion, or it could be financial or a career roadmap that that interests them. But yeah. you've also got to be prepared. You have to be prepared to let some people 
follow their dreams. Yeah. Um, people let me follow my dreams, so why should I let others? Uh, I've, I've in the past, I've lost people. I, I, I sat. You know, I really wanted to stay in my organisation for many years to come. But when I've seen them five and ten years later and seen what they've aspired to, I'm immensely proud of them. I feel good yeah. about it myself, and they've achieved their um, their goal objective. What more could you want? So yeah. it's not just about the in answer to your question, how do you retain people? It's not just about the money and it's not just about you know the the title. There's a lot more to people than that. They yeah. they need to feel they need to feel as though they're being understood. They need to feel as though they're part of an organization that they're adding value and that's recognized. And I'd like to think I'm quite close with, with my team and I communicate at all levels at all time and realize that they're as important to the organization, if not more so than I am. Yeah. And together we're stronger. Yeah. No, I and, and I like that because you need you need to build that foundation, right? So that passion will will start to grow. Um oh, sure. and, and when that's there, right? Um that's just just a good it's a good path. Yeah. Um, I mean, even this weekend I wrote to my team uh about the way we you know about the way we are at the moment. And, and the important thing about that is, I mean, we have regular calls as well. We have a thing called Team Talk where we all get together at the end of a month, and and it's it's done virtually like this, yeah, because it's impractical to do it any other way monthly. Yeah, you can't get together from no. nine countries. But the important thing is, everyone needs to feel they have a say. Everyone needs to feel that there's a that, that there's an audience for them to contribute to and from. So yeah. you know, and never be scared to try something different. Yeah. It can, might not can, it might not always work, but give it a go. Yeah. Can you share an example of something where you were, you know, you tried something that where you were not sure of, of the outcome? Well, yeah. I, you know, team talk itself, you know, the organization, we haven't been together that long. So, so we designed a logo, we put the message out, we send out a uh, an agenda, and, and then we say, right, okay, everybody <laughs> turn up at this meeting with an idea on xyz you've got two minutes to talk about it yeah um, you're not being judged we just want to hear your opinion of course and when you get when you get the whole team together some are better at it than others yeah and you've got people from different countries with different with first languages so they're yeah. everyone's listening in english because that's yeah. the predominant language but it's much harder for someone who comes from hungary for instance to to sell an idea passionately in English to an yeah. English listening audience, they've got to work far hard and you've got to recognize that. And you've yeah. got to not only recognize it, you've got to applaud it. Yeah. Because if someone asked me to deliver a sales uh, sales message in Hungarian, yeah. I'd have a problem. Yeah. You, okay. You have to learn it really fast. So <laughs> so you, you've got to try these things. Yeah. And, and then the reaction you get from them, some are better than others. You've got to learn from it, adjust it slightly. Yeah, but always be prepared to. I'll say this without being. Some people, what I've seen over the years is that some people send out that they send out what I call a a rallying call, not wanting the answer they're going to hear. Yeah, <laughs> in their head, there's there's the answer they want, and then they get the answer that they that they receive, and they don't know what to do with it. You have you have to enter these things prepared to hear the things you don't always want to hear and yeah. react accordingly. Because yeah. if the message is loud and clear and you don't react, you're not a good leader. 
No. Yeah, you have to, I think back to the skill set as well, you have to be a good listener, right? And be able yeah. to to take that reflection on it. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, not everybody wants to hear, you know, either if it's bad or if it's uh yeah, the not so good news. But the um, fact that people are willing to talk about it is a hugely positive sign. Yeah. It, you know, I've seen it many times in the past where people have gone quiet and then then you suddenly get the situation where they turn up at your, in, in your office and say, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. Yeah. And and you haven't been able to grab grab that before. And by the time you get to that stage, it's yeah, too late. late. Yeah. So the fact someone's prepared to put their heart on the table is a very positive sign for, for, for your relationship with them and the company. Yeah. So did you have this meeting? Is that every quarter or was it every month, as you said? Every month. Every month, yeah. right. That's good. We try so, to have a, in fact, we're trying to arrange a full team meeting um, in the next sort of six weeks, sort of three times a year to get yeah. everybody together. Yeah. But you know, in the modern in the modern world, if you try to get big teams to people together in one place at one time, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's no it's, it's no a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there's a lot of technology right now, right? You can also record the meeting. You can you can have the meeting on yeah on Zoom or on Teams, right? Um, so it gives well, you look at what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. having this visually yeah. rather than on a phone yeah. is yeah. a far more beneficial experience oh yeah definitely yeah and, and for I, me but i'm not sure about you but it's central. <laughs> no but but i also think with the meetings right even if you have that sequence that it is an uh, online but it's also great to have it in person the same kind of meeting so when do you when you have that opportunity to be in the in you know in the same location um that is even more powerful because that brings back to the next time you have the meetings online sure yeah, it does. Yeah. The other nice thing is the familiarity. So if if this screen was fifteen people today, yeah, at least we, and and the people hadn't met in person ever. At least when they do meet in person in that hotel conference room on a regional meeting in six weeks' time, yeah, the people walk in, they recognise them. Yeah, that's important. It is important, but you recognise from the <laughs> from the stomach and up, right? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. you get surprised about how yeah. people actually look then when you get them in full <laughs> yeah well yeah exactly yeah you you, you realize that they're, they're nine feet tall yeah and you're like what <laughs> yeah exactly um no what what about do you have other because i think we're, we're touching on reflection as well right um when you look mm. back and saying how could we have changed since and, and you know what could you have done better so do you do other kind of of initiative um like with this kind of reflection within your organization I, I, that, that's a very good question because it's it's a bit like when you turn up but I've, i haven't had many interviews in my life uh, for me but it's when if you're you're asked the question what are your weaknesses and you think and, and you yeah. struggle and that's probably the yeah. biggest weakness of all you struggle to identify them so when you ask about <laughs> reflections and what you what you could have done better yeah, you th you have to think. If someone says, "What do you think you've done well?" It's a catalogue, you know. Oh, I've done this and then. But yeah. when you think, I, sometimes I think, for me personally, you want to move things forward probably faster than they need to. Yeah, and you don't spend enough time nurturing it and uh, allowing it to mature, and then move it on. You're always you're always pushing for the next goal. You're always pushing for the next big thing. Yeah. Um, one thing this industry does, it, it unfortunately, it motivates people like me to do that because, you know, the, the next big thing is just around the corner and you want to be part of it. But yeah. sometimes there is real added value in just taking a step back 
looking at where you are, where you were, and where you want to be in three, five years' time, and figuring exactly what that that process and that roadmap is, rather yeah. than just continually travelling at 100 miles an hour at 45 degrees. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, so slow down. Slow down before you speed up. I'll put my hand up to that. I'll put my <laughs> hand up to that. That's something I've, that's something I've always done. Uh, so. uh, yeah. If you have to put your, your finger on one, on, you know, one area, you know, and you look at for the, the recent years, right, what have the, what lessons has the electronics manufacturing industry, what, what have they learned? What have the industry learned? Well, if you look at... It, I think the industry continues to learn, yeah, um, and it needs to because if you look at, for instance, the semiconductor business in the last fifty years, we've gone through a continual sinusoidal curve of supply and demand boom and bust, um, yeah. which has been led by technology innovations, etc. We've just gone through another one, very very distinct this time, which the pandemic has influenced. Yeah, but I don't necessarily cause call that. I um I don't blame the industry for that. When you think what this industry is driving in terms of the the way life is changing because of it, then you get massive, you get huge take ups of technology. Um, I mean, for instance, I'll, I'll go back as far as the early eighties. The IBM PC was introduced in nineteen eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. And if you looked at if you looked at surveys and reports ten years prior, they talked about a, 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 a you know a computer in every building, not a computer on every desk. Every, no. And where are we now? You yeah. know, it's only it's only fifty years or forty yeah. or, or even forty years. How, so this industry has, has been responsible for enormous change, and because of that enormous change, the pressures upon it have been quite extreme. Um, so it's not surprising that the industry has got a lot of lessons to learn because it's not being allowed to settle at any one moment in time. It's being yeah. dragged forward at, at an incredible pace. So yeah. I don't think that will change. I, in fact, I think we've, we've all realised in the next 10 years, the semiconductor industry is set to double in size yeah. where it is today. And when you consider it's taken 45 years to get to where it is now and only another 10 years to double, you can imagine the pressures that are going to be placed on the semiconductor industry from now until 2030 to 2033. Yeah. And more lessons will be learned and there'll be more strife and there'll be more challenges, but what an industry to be. Yeah. A fun one. Um, cool. That, that's, that's exciting. So let's reflect on you a little bit. So, you know, what, if you have to give yourself an advice 10 years ago, what will that be? <laughs> Um, I think for me, the the thing I you know the thing I I'm a very motivated person. I, I love what I do. I'm, I'm you know I I don't need I don't I I don't need any anybody to motivate me. I do it myself. But sometimes I think um, for me, ten years ago, I would have said right. Perhaps I should have set myself a ten year limit for the end stop. Yeah. Um, where am I now? You know, I'm I'm in my early sixties, but I don't feel like I am, and I still feel I've got an awful lot to to give to this industry, and I'm and I intend to. But perhaps ten years ago, I should have said, look, make that your end stop to do it. Put everything in place to be there, and when you get there, if you still feel you've got the energy and motivation to carry on, then perhaps 
but my thing is I, I think I treat every day as a new dawn and uh, I just I, I just enjoy it so much I can't imagine the idea of not doing it yeah so see that 10 years ago I think I might have put at least at least some markers out as to what I should be thinking about and as I said earlier on in this conversation and, I, and this is very serious I don't want to become irrelevant in this industry no uh, I still feel as though I'm a contributor and I don't want to be that person that's looked at as if to say, well, that guy used to be something or he used to, he, he used to contribute yeah. and no longer. Not anymore. The day that happens. I'll I, let I you know. No. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know you would. Um, so that, that would have been that. Would have been that. Um, from a, but from a personal point of view, outside of business, um, sometimes probably to have spend more time doing personal things with the family. Yeah. I wouldn't say I've sacrificed, but certainly the work-life balance has become confused on occasions. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a balance, right? And, and it, mm. it's a give and take. I think everybody has experienced that. Okay, well, that was, was a good advice, you know, to, yeah, to, to do something a little bit in a different way. Um, yeah, if somebody... I would say to anybody, sorry, no. what I would say to anybody is, I, whatever you do in life, whatever you do in life, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. Now, there are many people in walks of lives where they can't enjoy it. They've just got to go and earn the money to keep themselves alive, and that's unfortunate. But if you are in a fortunate position of selecting your career and 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 guiding your way forward, you know, wake up in the morning, good start, get on with it, enjoy what you do, add yeah. value, add add value to other people as well as yourself, and 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 make it work. Because yeah. for most of us, we're in a very fortuitous position, you know. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're enjoying what we do. We love getting up in the morning and and doing and, and performing our roles. It's not the same everywhere. No, it's not. Find yeah, find that passion and make it into mm. to your yeah, make it into your career, right? And I always see it as well as it's it's a journey um, because you always you you make choices every day, um, and then yeah. that will just give you a more interesting journey of, of where you where you end. So yeah, exactly exactly that. Yeah. I mean, Santa, today you're you're interviewing you're interviewing me, and I'm delighted you are, and I've known you for some time. Yeah, uh, you know, can I ask, as the interviewer rather than interviewee, what 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 buzz do you get from being the interviewer rather than the interviewee? Uh, back to that, I want to learn. So the whole reflection um, and becoming a better leader and becoming a better person. That's why I started this podcast. Um, I started it under the pandemic. So again, it was a way to expand my network or actually keep my network alive um, because, right, we like, couldn't go anywhere. So so that's that's how it, it sparked. Um, and to be a better person to communicate. I think if you look at one of the first episodes, yeah, I was nervous, right? I was like, oh, what I am doing and do I want to do this? It push, pushed me to do something with a little fear to say, okay, be in front of that camera, right? Be the one that asks the questions. In the beginning, I hated my own voice, right? I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, I can't, you know, just my own recorded voice. Um, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me, right? It's 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 getting me to that yeah. comfort zone. Um, I'm not afraid of the camera anymore. Not that I was in the, in any degree. So I think it's just it helped me to be on that other side 
it helped me in so many ways and it still do it it's it's a way to grow my leadership role it's a way to grow who i am and and again the purpose of the podcast is not about me it's i want to help others right to to get in sure. and saying yeah you can listen right and there's a lot of different episodes um so again it, it gives a a rarity of, of saying oh i want to hear you know from this person because i've been looking up to this person i want to hear you know more detail about this so that's when i interview it's also to hear more personal stories right Mm-hmm. So that that yeah. was my little. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. I, I'm yeah. just I'm just interested because it's a it, it, we're all you know we, we've all got our own thoughts and opinions on how yeah. we do and what we do. Yeah, and they're all important. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's my hobby, right? It's it's my little hobby here. So, um, okay. So, if anybody wants to to reach out to you, how how can they connect with you? Oh well, I'm um, I'm I'm very much I'm very much alive on social media. I've got a, I've got my own LinkedIn profile and page. In fact, I've got groups as well. But uh, you can find me that way. Um, Perfect. I, um, I I would prefer it that way, obviously, yeah. rather than give out my personal details online today. I'm I'm open to people in terms of a, a advice or help. Always, yeah. um, I've courted advice and help throughout my career, and I'm sure and 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 and, and benefited from it hugely. If I can help anybody else on this in the same way, I'd love to. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and I'll make sure to put it in the um, the, the notes for the podcast, and also put it on the sure. um, specific page on mindinnovation.com. So easy to yeah. find you on, on on LinkedIn. So Nigel, thank you so much. I think this was awesome. I always, even though we know each other, I think having this kind of conversation just made you know our relationship and friendship even deeper. And I really appreciate it. Well, vice versa, Sam. I really appreciate the opportunity and being invited. And um, if you know if, if this benefits people in any way, shape, or form, then that's that in itself is a, a good reason for doing it. Um, I always enjoy a conversation about what you know a wider wide aspect of uh, of subjects. And uh, you know, I'll um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, everybody. If you like Mind Innovation, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the show wherever you get your podcast. You can follow Senna Winding and Mind Innovation on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And make sure to check out mindinnovation.com. Stay curious and keep learning. See you next time.